This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So our goal is always to find cheap stocks. But that's not easy, as you all know. These are the stocks that everyone is running away from on Wall Street. They're not running towards them. They're running away. These are the stocks that even when you go on stock twits to see what people are saying about it, all you see is basically doom and gloom about the companies. They'll say things like, oh, they're going under. They're worthless. You'd be a fool to buy this. That's kind of your cue that you might be onto something that it might be a value because value investing isn't easy. As we talk about every week here on this podcast, it goes against the very instinct that we have to buy when things are good, not when they're bad. It's hard to get in when everyone else is fleeing. That's what makes it so difficult, but why we like to do it. So I wanted to remember and remind myself of the easiest advice that Benjamin Graham has. He is the father of value investing. And once I remind myself of this, then it makes it a little bit clearer when I'm looking at companies that I think might be a value to gauge whether or not they are. So remember his basic, most simple advice is just basically how much, how much are we paying for those earnings or earnings and revenue? Um, But that's the key is how much are we willing to pay to get what the company is doing? And that takes us to what is the topic of this week's podcast. It's one of our favorites. It's the value trap versus value stock exercise. And we've been doing it a lot in 2019 for the semiconductors and not so much for a lot of other industries. But today we're going to switch back to energy, which I have done this for in the past. But I feel like it's time again to take a look because Energy is the most hated industry of 2019. And just recently, here at the end of the year, these stocks are now making new lows. And I know some of you won't invest in them because of climate change issues, global warming, and all of that. That's totally fine. And um, there's a lot of ways you can, you know, invest outside of the energy space. But for the rest of you who are just looking to trade and trade the cheap stocks and the values, um, I thought I'd take a look to see if there's any value in energy because they have been making these headlines of like 20-year lows on some of the stocks. And that's even lower um, than what we were seeing in 2015, 2016, when it was pretty grim with a lot of these. So is the energy group finally hitting a bottom? We've we've asked that question many times here on various podcasts. And so I thought I'd look again. And I'm really talking about the EMPs, as they're called, the exploration and production stocks and companies, not the big integrated or as they're more commonly known as big oil. That's like the Exxon Chevrons of the world. Um, They are holding up a little bit better because their business is more diverse. They have chemicals, they have refining, and then they have the drilling and all of that. So they are not getting hit as bad, but the pure plays, EMPs as they're called, don't have the refining. And they're basically just going out there to explore and produce. That's why they get ENP, E and ampersand P. 
Um, so the EMPs are taking it on the chin. It's been pretty grim. You can actually buy an ETF with all of these stocks in there. So I took a look at that and it's the Spider S&P Oil and Gas Ex- Exploration and Production ETF. XOP is that ticker. It's been around since 2006, and yes, it's at new lows since 2006. So when you hear those, you know, multi-year low headlines, it's pretty much true because even the ETF is at down at new lows. It's down 46.9% since inception. And remember, the S&P 500 is up well over 100% during that time. So not good. Um, Year-to-date, down 24.1% now. And the S&P 500 is up 23%. So uh, yeah, it's been a little rough going here for this group. But like I was mentioning earlier to start the show... This is where value investors have to start poking around. And I know it's hard. Like you don't want to get into that because everybody is out there saying it's dead money. Look at what it's done even in the last five years versus the S&P 500. But this is when we have to start looking and seeing if maybe there might be some value here. Um, We've done it a couple times and we've been too early, basically, although some of them have had rallies off the prior lows. So you could have gotten out if you're not a long-term investor. And now they're back down to these new lows. And it is surprising to see them hitting these new lows, given that usually the um, driving force of hitting the new lows is that the commodity is also at new lows. So that would mean both natural gas and crude would have to be, you know, plunging down like we did see in 2015, 2016, but that's not the case at least on the crude side because it's, you know, been in the mid 50s for most of this year and a lot of these EMPs hedge their uh pricing. So it's not, you know, this is an interesting scenario where the stocks are basically being thrown out even while the crude price is staying fairly elevated. So unusual scenario. I don't know what that means necessarily, except it could be different this time. I don't know. Maybe this is the bottom because we're having this weird disconnect. And now finally, we're getting the last gasp of those who are still in these stocks, finally throwing in the towel and getting out. And usually that's when you start to see a bottom when no one will buy into these. So I took a look at the industry and it is in the bottom 24% of the Zacks Ray industry right now. It's at 193 out of 253. So that's not even as bad as you might think, actually. But there's no Zacks number one rank strong buys on the list. There's 70 companies in this industry. None are number ones. There are two number twos. Those are the buys. And so I immediately was like, I'm going to take a look at that because I want to know why why these two and what's happening that they got the number twos. Most are mainly number threes, however. So that makes sense too, as most of the stocks that we cover here at Saks are in the number three, which is the hold category. And nothing wrong with hold. It's not the number ones, obviously, but it's also not the fours and the fives. It's just holding there. And that makes some sense too. So 
I looked at the list and I'm going to cover the two that are number twos. And then I just picked out three others that maybe we've talked about before. And I wanted to kind of check in with them again and see what's happening, whether or not they're value stocks or value traps. Now, remember, the value component of it comes not just from, say, having a low PE or any of that, but we're looking at those earnings estimates to see, are they on the decline? Are they being cut? And um, is it going to be negative year over year? And so that could be a little bit of a trap component, but I will disclose ahead of time before I get to the five stocks today that some of these um, are seeing estimate cuts from last year into this year, but then improvement going into 2020, which we're almost in right now. So they're not quite as trappy as you might think. So let's dive in and take a look at some of these and see what's actually going on instead of just having the panic that everybody else is having of like, I'm selling this right now and all these companies are doomed. Are they doomed? (laughs) What's happening? Let's dive right in. Okay, so the first stock out the gate is one you might not have heard of before. It's called CNX Resources. Ticker is CNX. They have a market cap of $1.2 billion, which is why you might not have heard of them before. We only have two estimates on them, so they're pretty much a small cap company. But they're in Pittsburgh, which you don't see every day with one of the energy companies. And this is also unusual is what they do. They're one of the largest independent natural gas explorers in the Appalachian Basin. So not oil, but natural gas. So that's a little bit of a different take, right? And then I, when I saw that, I was thinking, oh, maybe that's how they got the number two, because this is one of the stocks that is the number two rank by stock right here. So year to date, though, these shares are down 43.4%. So they've really taken a hit there, even though they're in the natural gas side. And uh, PE is just 8.7 right now. So pretty darn cheap. In the third quarter, they saw increased sales volumes by 8%. They are doing cost savings. They're uh, being really aggressive, which a lot of these companies have to do right now. And they expect to save $25 million in 2020. So that should really help their free cash flow in 2020, which they raised to $146 million. So they've got some nice free cash flow here for a small cap company. They expect to grow both production and free cash flow going into 2021. And they're going to use the free cash flow in 2020 to buy back debt and do share buybacks. And they said that the buybacks remain, quote, attractive, unquote. And how could it not be with the shares trading at 8.7 times and down 43% year to date? So they're on sale and the company's buying some, which makes some sense. So let's take a look at those earnings. Is it a is it a value or is it a trap? So 2018, they made $1.53. 2019, this is where it's got the cut, expected to only make 74 cents. But that is up from $0.65 just two months ago. So the analysts are getting a little more bullish, even on 2019. And the two estimates we have were raised in the last two months. And then 2020, though, only expected to see $0.11 in 2020. But still, the analysts... um, are, you know, maybe just being a little cautious on 2020. I'm not sure why they're keeping that so low, but it's got that number two rank because the two estimates were raised for this year 
And I think some of them might have been raised for next year, but only like a cent or something. It was like 12 cents or, and now it's 11. Or, and so it's messing around with 2020. But um, CNX is one of the number two. And if you're looking for the natural gas side and a cheap one for sure, then CNX is one to watch. CNX is that ticker. Okay, then switching over to our other number two buy rank stock. This is Viking Energy Group, and the ticker is VKIN. Now, I almost didn't didn't bring this today. I almost didn't want to talk about it because I just said when I saw that there were two that were number twos, I was like, oh, I'll do both of those and then pick other ones. But um, this one is very small market cap. We have one analyst on it, so that's why it's got the rank. But it has a market cap of just $14 million. So super small. And I can't believe I'm saying this. It trades at $0.14 cents right now. Yes, cents, not dollars. So this is one of the stocks that's under a dollar. I know some of you love it. So I decided, eh, I'm going to bring it anyways because it does have the rank of the two. And so the analyst um, is liking it. But these guys, very small, they're onshore in the Gulf of Mexico is where they're drilling in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Kansas. The 52-week range on the stock, by the way, is $0.07 cents to $0.29. Cents. That tells you kind of what's going on. Year-to-date, the shares are down 46.3%, similar to CNX. It's not been good. But in their third quarter report, they had record results. They did acquire some assets at the end of 2018, so that's really pushed up revenue. That was up 373% to $9 million from $1.9 million a year ago in 2018. So they actually made $0.02 cents a share versus a loss of $0.03 cents last year. They have a cash balance of $7.6 million, but they did say it's in the company's IHOR division, IHOR Division, it's I-C-H-O-R, and it's subject to a credit agreement over there. Just so you know, you might want to dig around in that if you're interested in this company. And then let's look at the estimates. Is this a value or a value trap? So 2019, they're expected to see a loss of 14 cents. So they have no PE right now. But that's an improvement over where it was just 30 days or 90 days ago. They were expected to see a loss of 18 cents. So the one analyst is getting a little more bullish, which is why it's got the number two rank. Then 2020, expect to see a little bit of improvement again, just a loss of 11 cents over there with the one estimate higher in the last 30 days. So this analyst is getting a little more bullish on what's going on um, with the outlook here. But this is super small cap, so this is going to be really volatile, and everybody's just going to be trading it. And you're really going to have to drill down into the finances with any of these smaller cap um, EMPs, because that's where the danger is, is that they cannot make it in this kind of um, really tight energy environment. And you want to make sure that you're in something where they have their financial act together. So keep that in mind, but Viking Energy Group, V-K-I-N is that ticker. Okay, now that's all we have for the number twos. <laughs> that's it, folks. But I took a look at the number threes, and um, some of these you might remember, and it's these are interesting to see what some of the bigger guys are doing. So the first one I wanted to talk about is Matador Resources. We have talked about them in the past when the insiders were all jumping in there 
in November and December of 2018 when these shares were really getting hammered then too. Ticker is MTDR, and I want to say something like 16 to 18 insiders all jumped in to buy. Then the stock did rally at the start of the year, but it's um, you know sliding a bit again here, and it's now trading near those December 2018 lows when the insiders bought. So going to be kind of curious to see if the window is open, if any of the insiders are going to buy again here now that it's weak again. Year to date, the shares are down 11.2%. So not quite as bad of a beat down as some of the others, but still pretty cheap. PE is 12.7. They have a market cap of 1.6 billion. So still pretty small, but obviously not 14 million like Viking. And we have nine estimates on it. So quite a bit of analyst coverage, which is good. That's what we want to see. Now, Matador is focused on the Delaware Basin in southeast New Mexico and west Texas. They also operate in Eagle Ford Shale in south Texas and Haynesville Shale and Cotton Valley Plays in northwest Louisiana and east Texas. They also have a midstream joint venture with San Mateo Midstream. So again, a little more sophisticated here, but let's take a look at those earnings because that's where it's really going to tell us whether or not it's a value or a trap and what's going on in the EMPs right now. So 2018, they made $1.62. 2019, only expected to make one oh seven, So that is a decline of 34%. But 2020, the analysts see some improvement again, up 20% to $1.29. And so I like that because we're going into 2020 now. 2019 is basically in the rearview mirror. And so with Matador, the analysts are seeing some improvement going into next year on the earnings side. And um, just so you know, some of the analysts have been raising the estimates for this year. It was 103 just two months ago, and three estimates were raised in the last 30 days here, which is how we're getting the 107. And then for 2020, two are higher and one is lower in the last 30 days. That is down, though, for 2020. The analysts uh, a couple months ago were a lot more bullish on 2020, so they had a $1.71. It's now at $1.29, but still still seeing some earnings growth there. I like that. So I wouldn't consider this to be a trap here, given the rebound we're expected to see in 2020, and that 2020 is just, you know, a couple weeks away now. So that's Matador MTDR. Now, switching over to even larger cap companies, because that's really going to tell us, too, what's going on. And if everybody's out there saying, oh, the doom and the gloom, you might as well go for the players that um, know, uh, you know, have the huge market cap and have their finances in order. And the number one uh, company with their finances in order has always been Pioneer Resources. PXD is their ticker. They have a market cap of $21.4 billion. They are not yet at the five-year low, so they haven't really gone on sale. Year-to-date, they're down 3.8%, though. Their five-year return, I think, was just a gain of 1%. So if you'd bought these guys when things started to get bad in 2015. It's been a wild ride. The shares have been all over the place, but in the end, you're up only 1%, if you're a buy and hold, that is, um, and that's pretty rough. So shares not quite at five-year lows, and they may not get there 
Um, we'll see. The PE is pretty cheap for this one for Pioneer, 15.3. Um, not as cheap as some of the others, but I have a reason why that is coming up in a minute. I'll talk about that. Third quarter, their cash flow from operations was $895 million, and their third quarter oil production was at the top end of their guidance. Now, they are a huge top Permian player, so they're all down there in the Permian. And uh, third quarter free cash flow, $250 million. They did repurchase $200 million in shares in the third quarter, they have done uh, $728 million year-to-date in the repurchase plan, which is a $2 billion plan that's pretty big. And so some of that is the reason why these shares are not plunging as much as some of these smaller cap ones are, because they're able to purchase the shares themselves and put a floor under the stock. So really hard on these big caps if they're purchasing, you know, this is $2 billion share repurchase is pretty huge. So it's really hard to for the shorts to try to get the shares down uh, lower. They're also driving down costs um, like we've heard some of the others doing. And so that's going to help going into 2020. They have cash on hand of $437 million with debt of $1.9 billion. But they have a credit facility, which has no drawdown yet, of $1.5 billion. So they pretty much are covering the debt there. Now, the um, board did raise the dividend this quarter to try to reward some of the shareholders who are sticking around, right? If I'm on a five-year return of 1.2%, I'm feeling some pain because it was almost nothing of a dividend. It was $0.08 cents a quarter. That's nothing. They raised it to $0.44. Cents, so now it's yielding... Um, 1.4%. So that's better. It's not as pathetic as before. And so they're trying to be shareholder friendly here because they got the cash flows to do it. And because Pioneer's balance sheet is one of the most pristine of all the EMPs. So keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these um, for, you know, opportunities. Now, what do those earnings look like? So 2018, they made $6.31. 2019, expected to make $8.08, a gain of 28%. So no problem with them seeing a cut here in 2019. Because again, crude has been staying in the mid-50s. It has not plunged down to like $35 or what we used to see a couple of years ago when everybody feared under 30, right? So they're all able to make money here with crude in the 50s. And six of the estimates are higher in the last 30 days. Five are lower. So the analysts have been adjusting. But still, over the last 30 days, this estimate for 2019 is up from 788 to 808. So it's a little more bullish there. And then 2020 expected to see another earnings gain of a little over 10%. 894 is what they're looking for now. Now, that has been cut. They were more bullish a couple months ago before the last earnings report. And they were looking for $10.09. So they're now down to 894 with three estimates higher, seven lower in the last month, but uh, still seeing earnings growth. So there's no trap here. This is a value play, even with that PE of around 15. And if these would only go a little bit lower, um, might be even a bigger buy. As it is, again, year-to-date shares are down just 3.8%, but still pretty cheap. And uh, you're getting a little bit bigger dividend here, plus the share buyback. 
that this is one of the top uh, Permian plays for sure and one of the top EMP plays, and it is a Zach's number three hold right now. Okay, so I'm going to switch over to another big cap that a lot of you also look at because of its Permian play, and that's Diamondback Energy with the ticker FANG. No, it's not the FANG stocks. It's just ticker FANG, F-A-N-G. And this one is um, also with the big market cap, not quite as big as Pioneer, but $12.9 billion, so still pretty big. But Diamondback is a number five strong sell here. But I wanted to cover it anyways because I thought, like, what's going on with the earnings that it's going to get the number five? Is this the trap, maybe? But year-to-date, these shares are down 15%. And five-year, though, still looking good because this is a one of the premier... Uh, EMPs as well. Five years still up 93% because everybody loved the Fang and they love the Permian. It's headquartered in Midland, which is the booming city of Texas right here. And so I took a look at third quarter. They um, had a pretty good third quarter. They uh, announced that they repurchased $296 million in shares. They too are doing a big repurchase program in 2019, they've done 400 million out of the 2 billion stock repurchase program. So they too, huge repurchase program, $2 billion, the same as Pioneer. And this is good through December 2020. So again, they're going to put a floor under the stock for the most part, because the rest of this purchasing has to be done in basically the next year. So yeah, don't, you know, good luck to the shorts on this one. And, um, they also said that 2020 full year production guidance was going to be good, up 10 to 15 percent from the 2019 midpoint. And they're estimating 66 to 67 percent of production will be in oil in 2019 and about 66 percent in 2020. Now, for their outlook, I thought this was interesting. They are using $45 per barrel for WTI and $1.50 for nat gas. So 45 is quite considerably lower than where we are right now, and that's pretty conservative. Um, they said if prices decline below, well below the 45, they will cut CapEx, which they've done in the past when it's gotten down there. If prices rise higher, if we suddenly are in the 60s for an extended length of time, they'll do further buybacks and or pay down debt. So in the third quarter, just for some comparison, they averaged $51.71 a barrel in third quarter. So, um, you know, it has to go down quite considerably here before they're actually cutting CapEx and all of that. They did do an offering in late November. They did a um, billion dollars of uh, 2.875 senior notes. For 2024, they did 800 million for 2026 at 3.25%, and they did 1.2 billion at 3.5% due in 2029. And they will repay a portion of their credit facility with at least part of that money. So um, a lot of them are taking advantage of the cheap money here to pay off other money that wasn't quite so cheap and roll this over for future dates. But as we all know, the oil industry does have large debt profile because those rigs aren't cheap and it costs a lot of money to get it out of the ground. So they're going to have that, but it's a manner of who is managing it well. 
So let's take a look at those earnings. What do they look like for Diamondback? So 2018, they made 587. In 2019, expected to make 643. So that's a gain of 9.5%. So no decline here with Fang either. Two are higher, one is lower in the last 30 days. Um, it has come down a bit in the last three months, though. Was expected to make $7.14, now the 643. But um, I still like it because we're still getting some growth there. So the analysts getting a little more conservative, maybe about 2020 or 2019, I should say. But 2020, they're seeing a big bounce back. So 2020 expected to see 864. That's a gain of 34%. That is down as well from earlier in the year. Uh, they maybe got too bullish, but they were expected to make 1097 a couple of months ago. Now it's down to 864. But um, still, I like the direction that we're seeing the gains still over the next couple of years. So is this a value trap or a value stock? I'm calling it a value stock here because we're not getting those cuts in the earnings. And um, that's it. That's the five that I picked. There's 70 in this group. So there's a lot of names you could go through. And I know some of you have your favorites or the ones you watch a lot. I would caution you to be cautious on the small and mid-cap EMPs because there's little analyst coverage. As we saw with Viking, there's just one analyst on it. And some of them are going to have debt and cash flow issues. And especially if you do see crude go back under 50 for any extended length of time, that's when the stresses will start to come. But I keep hearing from a lot of just people on stock twits and Twitter about how horrible the energy um you know, market is right now. And it's really not that bad. Like these are the conditions that these companies have been dealing with over the last year. They're dealing with it fairly successfully. A lot of them are getting, you know, leaner and meaner. Basically, they're going to be lean, mean fighting machines again. I said that in 2015, 2016, when they had to drastically cut costs. But they're doing it again to try to save every dollar with crude just kind of meandering here in the 50s. And anything above uh, these levels, anything in the 60s or even the 70s for any extended length of time is just extra um, cash, you know, on hand, basically. That's just extra fun for them. Um, but they're prepared. They're prepared to see crude in the 40s. And that's how they budget they are, for the most part, pretty conservative. Again, you have to be careful of the small and the mid caps and you have to know what their management style is before you dive in. But a lot of the companies that have survived this long have survived because um, they are able to scramble. But um, never say never if crude does you know, see a sharp decline again. Uh, so this is just a couple things to keep in mind. I will be watching the insiders on these and hopefully I'll be doing another insider show on energy and um, maybe some other areas too that have taken, you know, a pretty big beating here in 2019 as we go into 2020. But some of these uh, cheaper energy stocks are looking more um, intriguing here and as we know, Warren Buffett last quarter in the third quarter did buy into one of the EMPs. He bought into Occidental, which I didn't cover here. That ticker is OXY. 
um, because he already loaned them a whole bunch of money. So he's already got a position, but those shares are hitting multi-year lows as well. And that one pays a big dividend over 8% for now. So these are just some things going on in the group that some other value investors are starting to look around and dig around for opportunities. So we should too. And as always, I will um, be covering other areas. I know that some of you just won't invest in the energy stocks at all. So I'll be looking for, you know, value stock, value traps in other key areas, especially retail. I'm waiting for the retailers to be done reporting before I take a deep dive into those. But there are some retailers that are looking a little bit interesting here as well. So we're going to be covering other areas, never fear. But let's recap the stock tickers from this episode. We had the ETF, if you just want the EMPs, this one is different than the one that has the big oil integrateds. And this ticker is XOP and it's hitting multi-year lows. So if you just want ETF, that's a little easier because you don't have to investigate each company. And it's more diverse. XOP is that ticker. Then we had um, CNX Resources, ticker CNX. That's the Zach's number two. We had Viking Energy, that is the really small cap with only 14 million market cap. But they're also number two, and that's VKIN. Then we had Matador, MTDR, Pioneer, which is one of the big Permian plays, PXD, Diamondback Energy, which is FANG, F-A-N-G. And then I just mentioned Occidental here at the end, O-X-Y. So be sure to subscribe somewhere because we're going to be covering more value stocks as we head into 2020 because they're out there. And will energy still be hated in 2020 or is this the bottom? We'll be talking about it next year, I'm sure. So you want to subscribe. We're on Spotify and I know a lot of you are over there. We just subscribed to Deezer if you're familiar with that platform. Or if you're in the UK, I know they're big over in the UK, you can get us on Deezer now. And you can also get us on SoundCloud, but get us as two for one under Zach's Market Edge over there. And of course, we're on Apple. Apple Podcast has us under the Value Investor Podcast, but get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal tax or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.